What's up, everyone, and welcome back to episode 33 of Down the Line. I'm your co-host, Kyle Betts, alongside Brevin Honda, and it is February 3rd. We're recording this at about 9.45 Pacific time in the morning, so um, long weekend, long day, just in general, sports ahead. Brevin, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got Olympic Center, the Winter Olympics starting, we've got yeah. Still got baseball news as the lockout continues, entering month number three. We got NBA. We're getting closer and closer to the NBA All Star Game and All Star Break. We got we're gonna talk some, as I mentioned, the Olympics. We're also gonna talk NFL as we know who the two Super Bowl teams are with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams for Super Bowl Fifty Six inside SoFi Stadium. And uh, we're going to get underway now. We're also going to do a little bit of trivia at the end. I'm going to test Kyle on his Pro Bowl knowledge with the Pro Bowl taking place this weekend in Las Vegas. But we're going to kick it off with the lockout. It's day 63 of the Major League Baseball lockout. And there were meetings on a Tuesday. And Evan Jarelich, from the, uh, who is a senior writer for The Athletic, he tweeted on Tuesday that they – uh, the MLB Players Association and the MLB owners had a 90-minute meeting in the Players Association. They made moves in two areas in terms of service time manipulation and a pre-arbitration bonus pool. So initially, the request from was last week when we were on our show we said uh, they had an original request of $105 million, and that was request down to $100 million. Now, for service time manipulation, the union dropped the number of players who would be awarded a full year of service time. The previous proposal was to give service time to players in the top 30 or top 30 overall or by top 10 by war, wins above replacement depending on position. Now it's a top 20 or top seven by uh, war by position. So that's um, a change there. And the MLBPA also newly incorporated and modified an element of MLB service time manipulation, potentially rewarding a draft pick to a team. So those are some of the things to look out for as this deal starts to take shape, but we're nowhere near that. As Jeff Passa from ESPN also tweeted on Tuesday during those meetings that, quote, little progress is made. The on-time opening of spring training at this point is in great danger and frankly would take a miraculous deal coming together to rescue. A delay feels inevitable, end quote. Yeah, I I think first and foremost, at this point, you know, you you just really hope, you know, they come to an agreement by the time or regularly scheduled time of the regular season at this point. And, you know, my, my feeling of it personally is, of course, the one time I moved to Arizona and can go to a spring training game, there's not going to be a spring training, most likely. So uh, definitely disappointed about that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, the, these talks continue to, you know, not stall. You know, you, you just hope that they continue to meet um, once or twice on a weekly basis at the very minimum. And make progress with this but you know at this point like Passon mentioned doesn't look like that's going to happen right now um th- there are just so many aspects to this that both sides can't seem to agree on and that's what's really delaying the start of any sort of season at this point 
because we don't even know if we're going to get a regular scheduled regular season. I, I think that's a very possible reality to this point. We can have a shortened season or maybe just have the season begin a little later than usual. I'm not even sure. Um, in years past, let's see, we can remember there was a, honestly, before the 162 game season was implemented, the teams played 154. So that could be a potential possibility when you start possibly on Jackie Robinson Day for April 15th. That's yeah. also a possibility. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see when, what, what will happen if these talks continue to be ongoing. Um, all right, we're going to move on. from. Oh, we're going to continue talking about baseball because MLB The Show 22, the video game cover athlete, was announced on Monday. And uh, we've been talking to him all winter when it came to awards. Yeah. And he gets to have his name be heard again. It's Shohei Otani. Kyle, what was your reaction when you heard that MLB The Show 2022 cover athlete was going to be Otani? Yeah, I believe it was Tuesday. Maybe it was Monday where they – you know, reveal that he would be the cover athlete. And I think it's amazing, first and foremost. But then, so there was a initial, you know, photo of Otani on the cover of a game or the graphic with the MLB The Show logo. But then the next day, it was released, uh, the actual cover, I think the NDP edition. And it is anime kind of themed, um, just incredible design. And I think it really just, they, they incorporated, you know, his, his culture, his upbringing perfectly within that cover. I, I think it's awesome. It's just an incredible design. If you haven't seen it, please go check it out. It, it, it's, in my opinion, it could be one of the better video game covers of all time, if we're being honest. I mean, just the, the design, the color, uh, having Shoei Otani, you know, appear in that little animated form, it, it's incredible. So... Um, you definitely see that anime influence in that cover. I, I think it's sensational. The game is growing. It's expanding. It's great to have, you know, a Japanese player appear on the cover of a video game that, you know, is made in America. And it just shows that his influence is going to be around or should be around for a long time because he is approaching the prime of his career. Um, and I'm really excited to pick up the game and play it. I mean, I, there's no chance I buy the digital version of this game. I'm going to go in store and buy an actual copy because it's one of the best covers I've, you know, I've probably ever seen. Kyle, if you're playing MLB The Show, would you rather have a 99 Otani as a pitcher or 99 Otani as a hitter? That's tough. I mean, I would probably say pitcher just because, I mean, especially in Diamond Dynasty, which is, I think most people play that mode anyways. Um, you can get your hitters from, from several different, you know, forms on the field. I mean, obviously there, there are a plethora of 99 cards that are released throughout the season, mm -hmm. but I mean, just even this, this past season using Otani on the mound, I mean, that split finger fastball is absolutely lethal. No one can hit it. I mean, his stuff is just nasty. So, I mean, honestly, you, you can't go wrong either way, but I would probably say pitcher Otani for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was so much fun seeing what Otani was able to do last year on the diamond. Now we get to see it in actual video game numbers here in 2022 on MLB The Show as the cover athlete. All right, we're going to move on from baseball. We're going to talk some NBA. The NBA All-Star starters were announced 
last week, Thursday, after our show. And in the West, you've got LeBron James as the captain. you got Nikola Jokic as well in the backcourt with Andrew Wiggins from the Golden State Warriors. And in the Western Conference um, backcourt, you got Stephen Curry and John Morant. And in the Eastern Conference starters, you got Kevin Durant as the captain, along with Giannis Antetokounmpo and Joel Embiid in the front court, as well as DeMar DeRozan and Trey Young in the back court. Kyle, when you look at this Western Conference, um, what was your reaction to seeing these five be uh, named starters? Yeah, I mean, the fan vote, the weight of those votes, I, I think it's way too high. I believe it's 50%. And I mean, obviously, all these guys, I believe, are willing or are deserving of being all-star starters. The big name that jumps out at you is Andrew Wiggins. He's averaging 18 points a game, I think six rebounds a game as well. So, I mean, he, he's playing an incredible season, of course. Like, it's great to see him out there. I think it's his seventh year or something like that. And he's finally, you know, an all-star. So, it, it's absolutely spectacular for him. Um, and, and But people were, you know, kind of questioning him getting that position. But my thing is, is there any other forward that deserves to be in that spot? I don't really think so, just because a lot of the guys who you could put in that conversation have been injured. So, honestly, I'm, I'm okay with Wiggins being in that spot. I, I think he's deserving of it. It's great for him to be in that spot, and it's great for Canada as well. He's obviously Canadian, so um, they have something to be proud of in that regard. I mean, in terms of other snubs for all-star starters, I mean, you could say, yeah, Luka Doncic or, or Devin Booker, um, but they're going to be all-stars, I believe, either way um, through the reserves. So we're going to see them regardless. But, yeah, I, I think to the West, there's a lot of question marks about Wiggins, you know, obviously over the others. Um, but I think he's deserving of that. He gets to play with his teammate Steph. Obviously, Steph's going to be a starter. Um, John Morant is playing an incredible season so far. He's electric. I don't even have to say, you just watch them on the floor every night. The Grizzlies are as successful as they are because of him and because of the roster they assembled. They have incredible depth, um, really solid role players on that roster. And then LeBron is doing LeBron things. And Nikola Jokic, he is an MVP, possibly potentially front runner at this point. Between, I think it's between him and Embiid at this point. So I, I think, you know, the voters got this right. Mm-hmm. When you look at player vote combined with the fan vote and the media vote, 50% of the vote um, was determined by the fans, while the players and media accounted for yeah. 25% each. And then the formula, and there was a formula to determine your score to determine who was going to be the starters. And I think you really see that more when it came to the Eastern Conference guards. When you think about DeMar DeRozan and Trey Young, and, and in that, in addition to that front court with Durant and the Kupo and Embiid, it was pretty self-explanatory between the, the, the front court. But when it came time to the back court, DeMar DeRozan was the slam dunk. But then behind that, you got Trey Young, who finished third in the player vote, finished second in the fan vote, and finished second in the media vote, despite uh, Zach Levine from the Bulls also finishing second in the player vote, but third in both the fan vote and the media vote. So with that, Trey Young outlasted Zach Levine to deny an all-Chicago backcourt for this all-star game in Cleveland. 
Yeah, from the East, I think, you know, again, the total tally of votes, I, I think this is appropriate as well. Trans been playing a heck of a year. DeMar DeRozan, you can say the same for him. I mean, just seeing him go to Chicago and kind of revitalize his career has been insane. I mean, obviously, he's been a stud for his entire career, but um, San Antonio, he didn't have the same amount of success that he has in Chicago, so it's great to see him do that at the age that he's at as well. Um, MB, like I mentioned, one of the MVP, MVP frontrunners to this point. Giannis is, again, doing what he does. And then Kevin Durant is, you know, Slim Reaper. He, he's, he's always going to get a bucket. I guess from the East, yeah, you mentioned Levine. Maybe you can say he was snub, but, you know, I'm, I'm totally fine with him not being a starter because mm-hmm. having, having two guys from the same team, you know, uh, start together. Obviously, we have that in the West with Wiggins and Steph, but um, I, I think him coming off the bench, I think they got that right. Um, another snub you could potentially throw in there is James Harden, um, averaging 23 points, 8 rebounds, 10 assists. I mean, he kind of got to a close start to the season himself, so maybe that's a contributing factor as well. Another snub I guess you could maybe consider is Jimmy Butler, but at the same time, he did miss a lot of games. So, um, you know, just, just all together, these starting lineups, I, I like them a lot, and I think, you know, the voters got this right. Jimmy Butler finished sixth in Eastern Conference front court voting across all three uh, votes between the player, the fan, and the media. Um, you mentioned James Harden. James Harden finished fourth in the voting. He was third in the player vote. He was fourth in the fan vote and was fourth in the media vote. So that was James Harden. We're going to dive more into the uh, NBA All-Star Game next week as we'll inch one week closer to the NBA All-Star Game. But we're going to focus on Kyle's favorite team, the Los Angeles Lakers. We haven't talked about them in a while. Um been a few months but Kyle when you think about your Lakers and where they stand right now um just around that 9 10 spot where you had the playing game for that game uh what do you what do you think about this Lakers team so far this year yeah it's been a roller coaster ride obviously um LeBron being the only all-star obviously you would love to see Anthony Davis up there but um, I think it's Charles Barkley who dubbed him Street Clothes Davis. And I am, you know, I, I don't disagree with that at all. He's missed a lot of games, but he's back. LeBron currently is hurt, but um, seeing him back on the floor drop 25 plus every night, it, it's great because he kind of got off to a close start to the season himself. So to see him kind of regain his form, get his leg back from underneath him, it, it's good to see. And they beat the Trailblazers last night, 90-90-94. I mean, Blazers obviously missing a couple pieces, most notably Damian Lillard. But um, to see them get that win, I, I think that's important. They're two games below 500 to this point. Like you said, they're um, ninth right now in the West, just behind the Clippers and the Timberwolves. So that's pretty interesting. But um, it's a long season. And I, I think a big part of that is, you know, they haven't, really been able to see their quote-unquote big three on the floor at the same time that often this season. We saw it at the beginning, but since then, not so much because 
Anthony Davis has been hurt. Now LeBron's hurt. Um, Russell Westbrook, I think he's played every game this season. Maybe he's missed a couple, but I believe he's played every game. Um, so I'm really looking forward to see them three on the court together again at some point. Hopefully it's sooner rather than later because obviously you want to see them you know, put together a few more wins. They lost to the Hawks and the Hornets and the Sixers um, within the past week as well. So they were on a three-game schedule. Great to see them beat the Blazers. They got the Clippers tonight at Crypto.com Arena, obviously. So that's going to be fun to watch. I think it's a must-win game. Um, obviously, like I mentioned, with those two teams next to each other in the standings. But like I said, just wanting to see their quote-unquote big three together. It's been great to see guys like Malik Monk step up as well. He's mm -hmm. a lethal three-point shooter, and that's absolutely what they needed. Carmelo last night dropped 24 points in a revenge game, I guess you could say, against his former Blazers team. So, um, you know, when, when when guys are hot, I mean, that's what's, what's most important because this is not really a shooting team. So we need to see more of that. And to have guys like Monk and Carmelo Anthony step up is going to be important, I think, for this as we approach the second half of the season. So I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully they put together a few more wins. There was a lot of rumors that Frank Vogler would be fired, but hey, he's still around. So I don't think, you know, his job is necessarily, you know, in hot water to this point. Mm -hmm. The Lakers are, are 17 games back of the Suns for that number one spot, but are just four games back of Dallas for that number five spot. So a lot of time and a lot of games to make up before uh, the season ends in March, late, uh, early April. And they're just, they're also, um, think about it, they're just two and a half back. Is that right? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. About two and a half back of Minnesota for that number seven spot to host uh, that, that second quote unquote playing game for um to in order to make the playoffs but we will keep talking some nba next week the all-star reserves will be announced this afternoon on tnt or this evening on tnt uh so we'll find yeah. out the complete rosters for for the all-star game in a couple weeks all right we are going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk some football we're going to talk some winter olympics and get to our trivia where i am going to test kyle on some nfl pro bowl that's all coming up when we come back here on down the line
Hello everyone and welcome back to Downline and Brother Hunter alongside Kyle Betsy. Welcome back for the second half of our episode. We're talking about baseball with the update on the Major League Baseball lockout between the owners and the players Association. We're talking Shohei Otani being named the cover athlete for MLB The Show 2022. MLB The Show 22. And we're also talking some NBA with the All-Star starters announced last week as well as an update on Kyle's favorite NBA team, the Los Angeles Lakers. Now we're going to move on to the NFL. We got some big news earlier this week when, when supposedly over the weekend, Tom Brady was uh, said to call it quits and retire, but then came out and said that he's still taking day by day. And then we found out that I think it was Tuesday this week that he officially retired from the NFL and Kyle, what was your reaction to seeing or hearing about Tom Brady officially retire on Tuesday? Yeah, there's obviously that thing that came out um, over the weekend with Schefter. And then turned out, you know, that wasn't necessarily the case because it didn't come directly from the source. But then, you know, like you mentioned, three days later, he officially retired. And I looked at a statement on Twitter and, and all the social media platforms that he posted it on. And my immediate thought was, this guy's not done. Like, he, he says he, he's, he's stepping away from the game. But I don't think anywhere in those paragraphs did I see the word retire. And also, mm-hmm. he did not acknowledge the Patriots at all, which was definitely odd. And so my initial thought was, this guy, I mean, he might be stepping away from the game for maybe a year or whatever. But, I mean, he said he could play to 50 if he wanted to. And I truly believe that. I mean, he led the league in passing this year, and, and he's he's playing like he's in the final of his career is what's, you know, is, is what's going on. So at first I was like, yeah, there, there, I don't think he's actually going to do it. It might be a hot take, whatever, but I don't think he was going to do it. Now, with all the social media tributes, you know, from the Patriots and um, Robert Kraft and the statement from Belichick and um, – I, I mean, I don't really know what to think. I, I think he will, you know, he, he's ultimately going to be retired. And I mean, why not? I mean, he, he, he said he's going to mention, he's going to focus on family first. But, you know, it, it was interesting because I, I saw this tweet that said the Buccaneers got like three paragraphs for each season he played in Tampa Bay. And then he tweeted out a thanks to the Patriots. And, and the, the rest part of that tweet said, but the Patriots only got a sentence for each decade that he played in New England. So, I mean, I thought that was a little odd. Maybe it's just because he already said his goodbyes in New England. But, yeah, I mean, obviously a great career from him. And I don't even have to mention what he did. Seven rings will probably never happen again. Like, let's be honest, from a quarterback. If not, it's going to be a really long time until that happens mm-hmm. yeah just a storied career obviously everyone really counted him out you know when he was at michigan and i believe a sixth round draft pick just to see um what he was able to do after drew bledsoe got hurt and you know just the rise of his career and, and being able to win at that level with belichick uh, obviously that's the best qb coach duo that there will ever be and yeah i'm I don't, I don't really know. I kind of like Tampa Bay Tom compared to New England Tom. He, he seemed a lot more likable. And he didn't seem like he was, you know, all business all the time. And he was still able to win a ring there. So 
good for him, obviously. I'm glad the Broncos don't have to play him anymore. And hopefully he, he enjoys his retirement. This comes after Tom Brady led the league in passing this past year with 5,316 yards. You mentioned those seven Super Bowls, so playing another Pro Bowl this weekend as well. Three-time MVP could possibly be a fourth, um, depending on how it goes. Um, two-time AP offensive of the AP offensive player of the year, as well as 2009 AP comeback player of the year. I was kind of surprised as well that he actually decided to retire. I think, I mean, we talked about it last week about about these quarterbacks, whether they're going to stay or go. And we, Kyle, you and I, we mentioned last week that we didn't think that Tom, with those seven championships and being to the Super Bowl ten times in his career, that we didn't think that Tom Brady would end his career in the division round compared to yeah. wanting to end his career in a Super Bowl. And right. now we're here and it's kind of still shocked, but you're still, I mean, what more does this guy have left to achieve uh, in the NFL? And it's not much yeah. when you really think about it. I mean, there's, you think about every single award that he's gotten, every single award that there is in football for a quarterback like Tom Brady, he's got every single one of those. He's got at least the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl MVP. He's got an MVP. He's got those AP Offensive Player of the Year awards, you know. And so, you know, I think it's ultimately to see Tom Brady retired, something that you would remember the career that he's had. And something that we'll see I don't know if it'll be matched again that'll be the question for the type of quarterback that he can that someone can develop like a Tom Brady uh, in the future yeah it, it is definitely weird um seeing this league change because now we have all these young quarterbacks in the league for the most part um obviously Tom Brady was a big part of our childhood there's never been an NFL season in which we've been alive that he hasn't played in, I believe. So that part of it is absolutely wild. Uh, I, th- I think especially for us. And it just shows, you know, him and Big Ben going out this mm-hmm. season. It's a new era in the league. And yep. now I think the oldest quarterbacks remaining are Matt Ryan. And um, I guess you can throw Fitzpatrick up there too. And um, even Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is 33 mm-hmm. years old. So. Um, now you're starting to see, you know, those guys kind of be the old heads, so to speak, in the league. And, I, you know, I think really what it came down to was, um, you know, Giselle Bunchen and, you know, his children. Um, he wants to be more of a family guy. He wants to be more family oriented. Obviously, when you're working in any capacity in the NFL, I mean, most part of the year, you're you're at the facility for 12 plus hours in a day, you're dedicating your life to the game. And so he, he wants to, you know, dedicate his life a little bit more to his family, which is understandable. I mean, he has his life, he can do whatever he wants because he's Tom Brady. He's, he's the goat. I mean, let's face it. And so it's going to be interesting to see if he does anything in football from here on out, um, whether that's working for a media organization or, maybe even coaching in some capacity. I mean, you never know. Um, or if, or not. Maybe he'll just, you know, just be around with his family and, and attend games and things of that sort. But 
it, it's crazy seeing him going out like this because he is your once in a lifetime quarterback and he was around for 22 years and now it's going to be weird without him in the league. Mm-hmm. How much older you mentioned some of those other quarterbacks that are a little bit that are a little bit younger than him. You mentioned Matt Bryan, um, you put Matthew Stafford as well in that uh, conversation. Yeah, yeah. How much older do you think those NFL players feel now that Tom Brady retired? Oh man, I feel like, you know, I feel like that they would imagine that they're really old at this point, right? Because I mean, <laughs> this guy has been, you know, what, who everyone looks up to. I even totally forgot to mention Aaron Rodgers in, in within that list, but mm-hmm. I mean, he's Aaron Rodgers. He's playing like he's 28. So um, yeah, it, it's definitely crazy to see, you know, him go out like that. And I, I feel like a lot of the players in the league are kind of getting to that point where like, hey, I'm getting up there in age because none of those quarterbacks are going to play to 44, you would probably imagine. I mean, the only one with a chance is probably Rodgers, right? But even then, I, I doubt he would play that long because he, he mentioned before, you know, he, he was even mulling retirement at some points and reports of that, you know, this season for the past year. So um, it, it's crazy. The only active NFL players that are over 40 right now are Andrew Whitworth and Jason Peters, which is mm-hmm. absolutely crazy. And yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's 39. Um, we've seen Adam Vinatieri, you know, kick past 45 as well. So, um, but to see a quarterback play until he's 44, not only that, to do it at a high level is ridiculous. So mm-hmm. um, he, he's one of one. I mean, he's not setting any sort of standard because that's probably never going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Now I have to figure out this off season who my fantasy quarterback is going to be for the next years to come. Yeah, because you you've been rolling with him really. I have. You've played, mm-hmm. and so um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see. But now, I mean, another part of this that I don't think a lot of people have talked about or considered is what are the Buccaneers going to do? Yep. You know, if Aaron Rodgers is traded to Tampa Bay, I I'm going to be really depressed. Not only because I want him in Denver, but just because he, yep. the Buccaneers already have such a great roster, and that would just, you know, plug and play kind of thing. But obviously, if they're not able to get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or whoever, whatever veteran quarterback be a trade, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Kyle, imagine if Devontae Adams goes to Las Vegas and Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver. And, and, and the thing is, I, I think that's likely because mm-hmm. either Devontae Adams is going to play with Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr. I think those are the only two mm-hmm. quarterbacks that he would play with, 100%. And mm-hmm. if Aaron Rodgers went to Denver, I mean, obviously, that's that's the dream. That's what we want. But um, who knows at this point? He could stay in Green Bay for all we know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Devontae Adams played with Derek Carr in college uh, at Fresno State in the Mountain West. All right, we're going to move on now from Tom Brady retiring from the NFL and his 22-year career. We're going to talk about the a new nickname in the National Football League that was announced yesterday, and that is the Washington football team announcing uh, its new nickname, the Commanders, after a two-year process. They are now the Washington Commanders of the NFC East. And Kyle, what's your reaction to seeing Wash officially named their new nickname. 
Well, firstly, I don't know why it took them two years to come up with this name. Like, this should have happened back in 2019. It doesn't make any sense. And, or 2020, whatever. Secondly, I don't know why people were so pressed about this name. I mean, obviously, sure. It has nothing to do with Washington, really, in any capacity or the D.C. area. But, I mean, it's not like it's a bad nickname. I mean, they came out with the uniforms as well. I think those are pretty nice. My favorite um, uniforms uh, of theirs that they released were, uh, I think, the away ones, the white ones. Those are really nice, I think. Um, thirdly, I, I think they did a really bad job with releasing this name because there was there were several leaks, you know, yeah, ahead mm -hmm. of time. You know, even a month ago, you know, yeah. we pretty much had the idea they were going with commanders. And then a week ago, um, you know, something was leaked from, I think, NBC Sports Washington. And then the night before the official drop, uh, there was a news chopper above their stadium and the team store. And there was commanders, like, attire all over, you know, that stadium, yeah. mm -hmm. banners and, and so on and so forth. And so we already knew what it was going to be. Mm -hmm. But like I said, yeah, I don't know why people are upset. I mean, it's not a bad name. I mean, it just, it doesn't have any relevancy to Washington, but you could say that about most NFL teams. I mean, mm -hmm. the Denver Broncos, I mean, why is it called the Denver Broncos? I don't even know, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know why people are upset about it or, or whatever. I'm fine with it. It's, I mean, that's the only really word I could use. It's fine. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad name, you know? We've seen two other name changes within the past year um, around sports. You got the Cleveland Guardians in baseball, and you got the Seattle Kraken in the NHL. Kyle, who, who of those three, including the Washington Commanders, who's got the best newest nickname in sports? I think it's the Kraken. Not only that, but their logo. Because if, if I pull up the logo right now. I was watching, it was pretty interesting. I was in class the other day and there was an interview with a graphic designer and someone asked them, what's your favorite um, logo, sports logo just in general? It's really interesting because um, I believe the anchor logo is resemblant of the Seattle Space Needle. So that's mm -hmm. really, that was really interesting. And I think that there's something related to the S as well um, that has, you know, significance with Seattle. But I think just the color scheme, the design, you know, the detail, mm -hmm. um, it's sensational. And the nickname itself, obviously, Kraken. I mean, how does that not fire you up a little bit, you know? I think we've never seen, we've never seen a team, like, with that metaphor kind of approach to, to their team name. So I think it's really mm -hmm. cool. The Guardians, I mean, that's going to take a little while to get used to, I think, more so than the Commanders. But if it were up to me, I think it's cracking by far. You know, that, that's got to be the number one um, best new name in sports for sure. Do you, do you agree? I think I ultimately would agree. I think because we haven't seen the, the Cleveland Guardians play a game quite yet. Yeah. I mean, with this lockout, we haven't been able to. I mean, with spring training in a normal year, spring training was in the next couple of weeks. We haven't, we wouldn't be able to see the what 
Southern Guardians would be like, you know, playing in Goodyear uh, for spring training. But I think when you think about the Kraken, it's a new franchise, a new sports franchise in Seattle, a, team, a, a town that's been craving um, hockey instead of having to travel across the border to go see Vancouver, the Canucks in Vancouver. Um, you know, this is a team that you know was also get, um, taken away from a basketball team in the Supersonics, and so yeah. you think about how much hype this um, this city was of Seattle to see them get a hockey franchise, and you know, you think about all the baseball highlights that have happened from from Ken Griffey to Edgar Martinez to Ichiro to even just this past year being a couple of games short these these sports fans in Seattle were excited to see hockey especially when the weather favors hockey you know a lot more times compared to especially in the winter when it's rain it's snowing you know it makes sense to have hockey in Seattle yeah honestly when thinking about it I really think Seattle you know that market as a whole might have the best combination of sports mascots mm-hmm. or names in sport just be yep. not only because of their names but because it actually has a connection to the city like seahawks mariners yep. kraken even i mean obviously kraken is you know it's, it's a mythological you know creature or whatever but i mean it, it's really cool and then you mentioned it super songs as well before they left mm-hmm. the okc i mean that it, it's sensational so i mean yeah seattle they're, they're doing some things right up there in terms of whoever's mm-hmm. name in these teams Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to move on. Now we're going to talk to the NFL Pro Bowl. Let's say he plays in Las Vegas between the AFC and the NFC. Justin Herbert will get his first start uh, in a Pro Bowl. Kyle, what's your reaction about um, this year's Pro Bowl? Yeah, it's going to be a really good Pro Bowl, I think. I would hope so, obviously, um, between the AFC and the NFC. Um, we've seen both rosters revealed back in December, and we kind of already went over that in uh, previous episodes. But I'm looking forward to it. I mean, obviously, you have a lot of Colts um, participating on the AFC side, and I think they're very deserving of that. Obviously, a tough end of their season, but um, they're going to be a focal point of this for sure. Um, seeing Justin Herbert get the start is going to be a lot of fun. Um, Tyreek Hill. Jonathan Taylor, Mark Andrews, stacked O-line as well. Um, and then obviously what should be the defensive player of the year in P.J. Watt on the defensive side, Darius Leonard, J.P. Jackson, even Derwin James. I was surprised to see Derwin James get that start, but I, th- I think he's definitely worthy of that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of star power in this game, obviously. I think, you know, the Pro Bowl is a little wishy-washy in terms of who gets selected for it just because, all pro, in my opinion, has a lot more significance just because mm-hmm. in the Pro Bowl, a lot of players opt out of it or they're playing in the Super Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of extra names that get thrown to the conversation, but it's still an honor, obviously. But I, I do think all pro has a lot more significance. I'll watch it, of course, because, you know, at this point of the year, this is our second to last opportunity we have to watch football. And that actually just hit me the other day. And I started to feel a little bit sad. So, 
we are nearing that point, uh, the end of football season. And yeah, um, yeah it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the off season, obviously. But um, yeah, I'll be watching and hopefully we get a happy game out of it. And um, hopefully guys aren't going, you know, 50% the whole time. You, you want to see it be a little competitive at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think about Oh, how you mentioned it, the uh, teams, the Raiders, they got three players of their own that will play inside the league Ooh. stadium. They got A.J. Cole, their punter. Um, you got Max Friday, their defensive end, as well as Denzel Perryman. So if those three um, will at the host site. They'll be the hosting players. And then, and then the wasn't, um, wasn't Hunter Renfro also an alternate? So he might be playing as well, I think. Was he? I think he might have been. If not, then he should be. <laughs> yeah, he should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was an absolute stud, honestly. Breakout season, and it'll be it's cool for them because it's always been, you know, just in Hawaii in years past. So for them to, you know, kind of relocate this to Las Vegas, that's going to generate a lot more money. And obviously, you love seeing them play in a Aloha Stadium, mm-hmm. but I mean, the NFL is making some money moves as, as they should. Mm-hmm. Actually, speaking of Hunter Renfro, according to the Las Vegas Review Journal, Hunter Renfro is who was an alternate, as you mentioned, for okay. the AFC team, has been named to the roster. The team confirmed it today. He will replace Keenan Allen in the Los Angeles Chargers because who will be unable to participate because of injury. So Hunter Renfro will also be a hosting player nice. for the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Had over a thousand yards this year in. 2021 as well as 106 catches uh this season so hunter renfro is a pro bowler uh will play in the pro Bowl, and following the pro bowl the week after is the super bowl so in two weeks um the Bengals take on the rams so stadium kyle and when you look at the Bengals, did you could you imagine at the beginning of the year that this Bengals team would make the super bowl I mean, honestly, no is the answer. But at the same time, they did get off to a hot start to the season. So I, I think at, at some point, I'm sure people were kind of thinking, hey, this is a really solid playoff team. They could go far. And, I mean, at the same time, you know, at that beginning of the season, the Chiefs, what did they lose, three or four at the beginning? And so people were like, oh, is, is this team the same? And obviously they made AFC Championship. Um so at the beginning, no, absolutely not, because I think the odds of them to win the AFC were like plus 6,000 or something, so something ridiculous like that. Um, but to see them actually get to the Super Bowl is wild, because at the start of the playoffs, you think, hey, yeah, this is a divisional you know, kind of team, maybe AFC championship team if they're able to get a little bit lucky, but no, nah, it wasn't luck. I mean, they have a really solid roster led by an incredible defense. I think their defense is so underrated. They have a lot of guys out there. Um, and they're deserving to be in this position. I mean, obviously, they beat the best team in the AFC to get here, and, and now they are the best. And it's crazy because I don't think anyone really imagined Joe Burrow coming off an ACL tear going to the Super Bowl. And honestly, I hope they do win this game. I like the Rams. I mean, nothing against them. Um, and I kind of do want to see Von Miller get another ring, obviously. 
but um, it would be just an incredible story to see the Bengals win a Super Bowl just because it's such a, I mean, we've never seen them here in this position before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned that ACL tear that Joe Burrow had last year, and I think that was kind of the big question of why people were doubting this Bengals team to reach the Super Bowl, I think, let alone reach probably win the division. But you think about all the steps that they were able to take this year, you know, having a healthy Joe Mixon, you know, you think about that receivers, that receivers room with T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boy, you get C.J. Uzama as well for tight end, um, you know, and I think the, uh, as long as they were going to click, you knew that they were going to make a difference, especially in that division with the AFC North and how difficult that division is with the Ravens and with the Steelers and the Browns and how close that division was for a good part of the season. And then you see the Bengals being able to beat the Ravens not once but twice this year over the Ravens. And you saw how really good they were. And then when it came time to the playoffs, you know, being able to overcome the Raiders and trying to make comeback, you know, being able to beat the number one seeded Titans. And then now you see them, you know, win that second matchup against the Chiefs, and now here they are at the Super Bowl. You mentioned C.J. Uzoma um, real quickly. It's crazy because he sprayed his MCL against the Chiefs, but he's still trying to play in the Super Bowl. I think he will. I hope mm-hmm. he does because he's mm-hmm. just an incredible target for them. Mm-hmm. Both tight ends on both sides are trying to cover from injuries. You mentioned C.J. Uzoma with the MCL. You also got um, you also have Rams tight end Tyler Higby also covering from his MCL. So that'd be the question mark heading. One of the big question marks heading into the Super Bowl in a couple weeks is which tight end or will both tight ends be healthy? But Kyle, you look at the Rams and we, we, we remember the trade that the Rams made, you know, Jerry Goff for Matthew Stafford. Now we see Matthew Stafford here in the Super Bowl. We see OBJ in the Super Bowl as well. What's your reaction that that both of those veteran players are going to play for a championship? I mean, if we're honest, the Rams should be in the Super Bowl. They're a sellout mm-hmm. game. Like, not to sugarcoat anything, they just are. They, you know, really just gave away so many first-rounders and even second- and third-rounders, you know, for mm-hmm. Von Miller, obviously, as well, too, um, to be in the position that they're in. And so... It, it, it makes sense that they're in this spot. Obviously, the Bucks were really the only team they had to get past, and they did. They, they were able to beat them. They were able to beat Tom Brady. So um, they should be in this position, and I think they are favored to win this game. I think it's a, a four-point spread or something right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, they have a fantastic head coach. McVay has done very well. Um, their offensive coordinator as well. I mean, absolutely has done a phenomenal job. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, shout out to the Aztecs, by the way. <laughs> yep. And I, I think also um, just the weapons they brought in, seeing Odell, you know, kind of not revitalize his career or revive it per se, but um, for him to be the weapon that he was supposed to be in Cleveland, I think it's not only great for the Rams, but for his career, because I think he's 28 or 29 right now. So he should be in the prime of his career. So seeing him in that spot, um, happy for him. They obviously have just 
so many weapons on both sides of the ball, so much talent. So they should be favored to win this game. I mean, they and honestly, they should win. But the Bengals are a hell of a team, mm-hmm. and we're going to see what happens. I, I can't really predict it yet. I, I need some more time to think about it. <laughs> That's all right, Kyle, because we are going to make our picks next week. But one player yes. I did want to mention from the Rams is Aaron Donald, you know, D-Lyman. You know, how yeah. important is it for him and for this team to win? Because they, people have said they want to win this game. They want to win this game for Aaron Donald because that's the last thing that – that's the last kind of accomplishment that he doesn't have on his resume. Yeah, he, you know, first entered the league um, in 2014. And he is currently 30 years old. I mean, seeing him, you know, grow not only as a player, but person as well. I mean, it's been incredible because he obviously had that 20 sack season back in 2018, which was ridiculous. He's won defensive player of the year three times, defensive rookie of the year, obviously back in 2014. And he's, I think, maybe their only guy, maybe besides like Johnny Hecker, maybe is Johnny Hecker still a punter? I don't even know. But um, he's definitely one of very few, if not the only guy who was a part of that St. Louis team. And to see him, you know, go from that, that roster that wasn't very good to now an incredibly stacked team. I mean, obviously he's deserving to be in this position because he is one of the better defensive players in this league, obviously. And I think if you're one of the best at what you do, you deserve to be in a winning position. And obviously he's been to the Super Bowl once, um, but they only scored three points. So um, defense did their job in that one, by the way. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, definitely happy to see him uh, earn that spot because he's been a big part of the season, obviously. And he he will continue to be um, one of the best defensive linemen of all time, for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. So as I mentioned, we are going to make our picks next week for Super Bowl 56. Um, but we're going to move on. One of the big things happening in sports, um, athletes from all across the world are coming together in Beijing for the Winter Olympics. Opening ceremonies are tomorrow on February 4th. Um, so you can watch that. Um, it'd be, you know, as I mentioned, it's the Olympics. Um, it's the Winter Olympics. You think about that some of the best sports uh, that a winner has. You think about hockey, you think about, you know, alpine skiing, you think about the luge, you think about uh, bobsleds, you know, all these different sports that happening across um, these next couple of weeks. Kyle, what's one of the sports that you can't wait to watch during the Olympics? Um, Sport-wise, I would say speed skating is among my favorites just because, I mean, it, it's so fast. I mean, it's speed skating, mm-hmm. it's in the name, but um, it, it, it can be a little chaotic at, at times. And, you know, you, you grow up and, and you see Apollo Ono out there and, and the success that he had. I mean, he was a big part of, you know, what made that one of my favorite winter Olympic sports. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. It's always fun to see, you know, the athletes, you know, um, competing against each other in that one just because it's always so competitive, so close. And seeing guys wipe out is insane too sometimes because that always seems to happen. Um, in terms of an individual, I think I would say Sean White because I wrote a story about him for class last night, and it's going to be his 
fifth and final Olympics. He's won the gold medal in the half pipe three of those times. And he is, I believe he's a native San Diegan and, or he's, he was born in Carlsbad. He went to Carlsbad high school. I know that for sure. But um, yeah, he did not win back in 2014, I believe. Sochi 2014, Mm -hmm. but Pyeongchang, I mean, back in 2018, he won the gold medal. And now is really the last ride that he has. He is competing at a couple really good guys as well um, from Japan. And then I think uh, an Australian snowboarder as well. So that's going to be a challenge for him. But I want to see him go out with the gold because he's one of the most decorated Olympians ever, um, especially in Winter Olympics, one of the most recognizable names in sports in general. And hopefully he's able to take it home because he – you know, it'd be cool to see him, you know, right off into the sunset with the win. Mm-hmm. When I think about one of the favorite sports that can't wait to watch this Olympics, I think it's probably the half pipe, ultimately. Yeah. You mentioned Sean White. You think about um, all the tricks that these athletes put together for these Olympics that they get set for, you know, some that even were first featured in the Olympics, the double McTwist 720, for example, that Sean White did. I can't remember when that was, but all these different tricks and style points that they have because it affects you know how many points they get after each round um so i think i can't wait for that and even on the women's side you think about chloe kim and what she's been able to do even in what she did in pyeongchang in 2018 um who's also pretty sure she's also from san diego as well um and what she was able to do um in 2018 so i think that's probably the number one sport you can't wait to watch just because of you never know you don't know what you're going to expect um until it actually happens yeah she is fantastic and i'm glad you mentioned her as well because that's another you know that's another side of the half pipe that you know the uh the women's side i mean that's electric as well just seeing anyone out there competing that is just so impressive because i could never do that in a million years no chance so to see them, you know, have the ability to do that. And, and I can't even imagine what goes into the training. I mean, how many times these people just absolutely eat it, you know, they wipe out and I'm sure there's a lot of injury yep. surrounding mm-hmm. it too. Um, but I think you're right. I think half pipe is definitely up there for me, but speed skating as well, just because it, it's so impressive to see what they do. It's, it's skateboarding in the snow is all it is really. And I mean, I can't yep. skateboard, uh, on dry ground so i mean that's what that's what makes me you know kind of uh watch these athletes in awe even more um so really looking forward to it should be good games i know that last night they got started with i think women's ice hockey there was curling for sure i, I know the u.s competing curling um but yeah glad that they're um starting this thing up and they're able to do it safely with covid and everything going on and here we go i mean two weeks of non-stop sport pretty much mm-hmm. i think if there's one other sport that i think i'd probably want to watch is probably the women's ice hockey and we think about that u.s canada rivalry that's happened for years we know the oh yeah we obviously know the the men's side with miracle on ice for example but you think about that 2018 um championship for that that gold medal game between U.S. and Canada, where it came down to uh, the shootout and the pen, um, penalties, basically. And you see that U.S. team win it. 
you know, I think that's something that you also have to watch for this Olympics between those two teams. Um, and I think those two teams play sometime early as well, early in these Olympics. I think it's yeah Monday. Yeah, they play on Monday uh, between U.S. and Canada. So a rematch of the gold medal match from 2018. So I think ultimately it's going to be those two um, on top of watching all, you know, watching other Olympic gold medalists as well. You think about Michaela Scherfrin, um, for oh, yeah. example, in the Solemns. Um, um, just that downhill. So those will be some of the things to watch over the next few weeks. We'll talk, we'll, con- we'll continue to talk more about the Olympics as they happen, as we did during the summer, um, when we were talking about the Summer Olympics. Uh, in, to- in Japan. All right, we are going to move on with our final segment of the day. It's the trivia segment, and if, as I mentioned, this is going to be about the Pro Bowl, and uh, Kyle, there's a total of 15 answers, and then Kyle, it's oh, NFL wow. Pro Bowl selection career leaders. Oh, no. This is not good. I, I kind of had that as an idea, but I wasn't sure what mm-hmm. you were going to come up with, but that, mm-hmm. that was my idea. Oh, okay. This I, is I would say tough. you can at least get um, a, probably at least a good 10. Okay. Um, before we start, when, when was the first Pro Bowl? Um, that, that would definitely help me. <laughs> um, let me, let me, uh, Make, oh, man. This, this is scaring me because, I mean, obviously, like, you know, there, there's Tom Brady's one, obviously, because we were just talking about him. But, uh-huh. yeah, this this, the, is, this, uh, is, this is frightening. <laughs> uh, well, the first Pro Bowl was in 1951, but Kyle, the first, the oldest player, I should say, on this list to make their first Pro Bowl, or I should say their first year of their career on this list, is 1962. Okay, the Pro Bowl has been around, around for that long. I did not know that. I thought, you know, it started in maybe the 90s or something. Oh, wow. Um, okay, I'm going to have to, you know, delve deep into my brain right now to think about some of this, man. Oh, uh-huh. man. Um, so I'm assuming a lot of these guys are Hall of Famers. All of them are or should be Hall of Famers. Will be, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Wow. All right. Uh, Jerry Rice. Yep. Jerry Rice. He's on this list. Where? Let's see. Jerry Rice, seventh. He's tied. Uh, technically, he's tied for sixth with yeah. thirteen uh, Pro Bowls in his career played with three teams played at san francisco played with oakland he's part of the hall of fame class of 2010 a 10-time all pro won uh two super bowls with super bowl 23 mvp in 1989 thinking about it a great bay area sports as well um thinking about the uh, world series that year between a's and giants um all 1980s and all 1990s hall of fame teams both ap offensive uh, AP Offensive Player of the Year in 1987 and 1983. So Jerry Rice in at the number seven spot. Tom Brady. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Tom Even Brady is he, number he, one on this list. Mm-hmm. He's never. He's probably never played in one, right? But 
<laughs> I think he's played in two. Two of them? Okay. Huh. Yeah, uh, I definitely don't remember those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't remember those because he's played in too many championships, Kyle. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Seven Super Bowl champions, as we mentioned earlier. He's also played in ten Super Bowls total. He's won seven of those. Three-time MVP, five-time Super Bowl MVP. As we mentioned, 2009 AP Comeback Player of the Year, AP Offensive Player of the Year, and a three-time All-Pro all 2000s and all 2010 Hall of Fame teams. So Tom Brady is number one on this list. Okay. Um, I'm just going to start throwing names out there, to be honest. Uh, Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders is not on this list. Okay. Because I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember and think back to how many, how many years he played in the league. So I got, I got to start thinking of guys who have been around for a long time and were great at what they did. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Joe Montana. Joe Montana is not on this list, Kyle. Really? Yep. Man, I kind of, I kind of figured this would be harder than I thought. Um, man, uh, Brett Favre. Oh, Brett Favre has played in. Was on this list. He was a little bit lower on the list. Okay. Uh, he did not. The minimum number of Pro Bowls you have to think about, Kyle, is 12. 12. Okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> to crack this list. Okay. Uh, that's that's tough. Um, Lawrence Taylor? Taylor is not on this man, list. Man, I kind of suck at this, man. <laughs> um, okay, how about... Um, he, is, he has played in 10 Pro Bowls. Okay, well, at least it was a good guess. Um... How about uh, Ray Lewis? Ray Lewis is on this list. He cracks oh. in. He also has 12 Pro Bowls under his belt. Okay. He is technically 13th on this list and tied for 9th with 12 Pro Bowls part of that Hall of Fame class of 2018, a seven-time All-Pro, you know, part of, part of that Super Bowl winning team with the Ravens. Um, in the early 2010s, uh, was Super Bowl 35 MVP, all 2000s and all uh, and 2000, 2003 AP Defensive Player of the Year. Ray Lewis cracks in at number 13 on this list. Okay. Um, hmm. How about Walter Payton, maybe? Walter Payton. That is a no. Okay. Man, this, this is tough because mm-hmm. the, the Pro Bowl is so selective and then there are guys where, you know, they only played X amount of seasons that didn't meet 12 seasons and not 12 Pro Bowl seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is, this is really tough. I kind of want to say John Elway, but I can't imagine he went to 12 Pro Bowls. No, he did uh, not. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance. Uh, maybe, okay, how about, like, LaDainian Tomlinson? No. Wow, this is tough, man. No LT for at least but a 10. Okay. Um, how about Ben Roethlisberger? Big Ben? No. Wow. 
<laughs> Bro, you really got me with this one. Um, Peyton Manning. Yep, there you go. Uh, he is tied for second with 14 Pro Bowls. He's one of two Broncos, or at least one of two players that played for the Broncos during his time on this list. Part of this year's Hall of Fame class in 2021, sometime on Pro, part of that Super Bowl MVP and that Super Bowl championship team, um, 2015, 2014, 2015, around there, five time MVP, uh, 2003 AP Offensive Player of the Year, as well as 2005 Walter Man of the Year. So Tom Brady's number three on this list. Okay. Um, I kind of want to say Randy Moss. Randy Moss. No. Okay, I had a feeling he wasn't going to be on there. Man. Um, Brian Dawkins, maybe? Brian Dawkins, no. Wow, okay. Uh, I'm literally just throwing out names right now. Uh, Brian Erlacher. Nope. Oh, wow. Okay, this is... This is man, this is messing me up right now. <laughs> um... Dude, this is tough. There's like just so many like names that you would think would be on this list, but they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, how about uh, Tony Gonzalez? There you go, Kyle. He is number. He's also has 14. Okay. Been to 14 Pro Bowls as uh, just as many as Peyton Manning played in the city in Atlanta during his career, part of the Hall of Fame class in 2019 a six-time all-pro and on the all 2000s hall of fame team so you've named one two and three okay well at least we got that it's not like i was naming like 14 15 or whatever <laughs> like all, all of those um, <laughs> at first um so at least i'm getting some um hmm, this is tough man i kind of want to say throw those but there's no way he had like 12 pro bowl seasons nope. Yeah, I don't think there's any way he would be up there. Um, wow, this is this is tough, man. Uh, John Lynch? No. Really? Okay. There's one uh, other quarterback. Is it just one more quarterback? Yeah, there's just one more quarterback on this list. Huh. I, I like. I kind of want to see Eli Manning, but I know I know it's not him. No, it's not Eli. I was gonna say it's not Eli. Um, man. Right generation, but not Eli. Okay, uh, Philip Rivers. Nope. Huh. I know I'm just like missing someone, and you're gonna tell me later. I'm gonna be like, there's no way. I, I totally couldn't. Totally couldn't think who that is. Um, man, this is tough. Um, I, I'll try and think of like I'm trying to like think of players who have like legend cards in Madden right now <laughs> that I just can't like <laughs> I can't think of off the top of my head kind of thing. Um, man, this is tough because it's not Big Ben. We already we already talking about Brady, uh, Aaron Rodgers, I guess. Nope, Rodgers has. Uh... Uh, ten. He's been to ten Pro Bowls. 
Oh, okay, so it's close, but... Um, okay, how about Troy Polamalu? Trayvon Mullen, no. Troy Polamalu, okay. Um, Ed Reed? Ed Reed, no. This is okay. Yeah, I'm I'm like four for like twenty five right now. <laughs> um, I guess maybe Shannon Sharp. I I doubt it, but that's just a guess. Nope. Okay. Yeah. This, this is uh, th- this is not very fun right now for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did I already say Emmett Smith? I mean, I. Actually, he probably wasn't 12. No, Maybe. you did not mention Emmett Smith, but no, he's not on this top 15. Okay, okay. Um, Michael Strahan? Nope. Wow. Uh, man, I'm going through it right now. How about like a, like a Jason Taylor? Jason Taylor is not on this list. Um, yeah, this is not going well. <laughs> uh, I would say Kurt Warner. I don't think Kurt Warner is on there. Nope. No. Yeah, I am, uh, I'm ice cold right now. <laughs> mm, maybe like, uh, Charles Woodson? Charles Woodson. That is a good guess, Kyle, but no, Charles Woodson's not on this list. Honestly, honestly, you can, can you just tell me the list? Because we can be here all day. I'm all right. Gonna, I'm yep. not going to get There was a few that I thought you were going to get. Um, he did 12. DeMar- DeMarcus Ware? Okay, one more. DeMarcus Ware. No. Okay, yeah. All right, yeah. Just, um, just one of those fly. that I thought you were gonna get was Champ Bailey. Oh, Champ Bailey. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I think he's in the twelve Bowl. Mm-hmm. See, I, I wouldn't have thought of that. I know, like he is, you know, obviously one of the, one of the best corners ever. But twelve Pro Bowl. I mean, mm-hmm. over over Deion Sanders. I mean, I don't know how long Deion Sanders played exactly, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's crazy. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's one I should have got. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other quarterback was Drew Brees. Oh, that was a gimme. I totally forgot about him. Uh-huh. Um, now these the, the probably the next ones are probably a little bit more difficult. I would say. Yeah. Um, they're pretty much. Oh, here we go. Uh, another linebacker that was also on this list was Junior Seau. I was gonna say him, but I didn't think so. Ah, and I said Brian Urlacher instead. Uh, Twelve. Um, we got some linemen now. I don't know if you get them. Uh, Bruce Matthews, he was offensive line, played for the Oilers and okay. the Titans. All okay. the same class of 2007. Okay, so I probably would never have got that one. But what about like no. Anthony? What about like Anthony Munoz? No, Anthony Munoz is not oh, on this list. Okay. I see. Yeah, like I'm. These are like I think these are pretty good guesses. Hmm. I'm just, I'm just not nailing him, but okay, Bruce Matthews. Okay. Also, uh, he's got 14. This is a little bit of an older player. It's Merlin Olsen, played defensive tackle for the Los Angeles Rams in the okay. 60s. 
Yeah, I, I know Hall who that is. class of no, 1982. Uh, mm-hmm. Would not have guessed. Uh, okay. Defensive end and defensive tackle made 13 uh, Pro Bowls. Is, is, I'm pretty sure Brian Stockton's teammate and Reggie White. Okay, I wouldn't have guessed that. Okay. Hall of Fame class of 2006. Yeah. Uh, we go to guard. And it's Randall McDaniel. Wouldn't have guessed him. <laughs> Hall of Fame class of 2009. Um, we have Randall Shields, oh, right guard, been to 12, played his entire career in Kansas City, Hall of Fame class of 2015. Also wouldn't have guessed him. <laughs> okay. Um, Let's see. Another one is Jim Otto, center, played his entire career in Oakland, been to 12. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, these, okay, these are like all linemen that I'm sure were great during their time, but I just never would have pictured them in this in this X amount yeah. of roles, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. You got Ray Lewis. <laughs> and the other one that you missed was Ken Houston, played with the Oilers and the uh, Redskins. Yeah, okay. That's... I've been to 12, Hall of Fame class of 1986. So those are the 15 total. Okay, so yeah, he ha- he has a legend card in Madden, and so I, now I, I feel mm-hmm. disappointed in myself because I should have guessed him. But yeah, those are a lot of names that I never would have pictured ever, and that's why I didn't guess him because I just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I would have I would have guessed like Kevin Maway or something like that, you know, like for for Atlanta. But yeah, that was tough. I, I liked it though. It, mm-hmm. it definitely got me got me thinking a lot. Um, just missing the eleven uh just missing the twelve Pro Bowls, uh include there's Brett Favre at eleven. Oh that's tough, yeah. Uh Larry Fitzgerald, also okay. at eleven. There's Munoz as well at 11. Okay. Um, also, Jason Witten at 11. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Larry Allen is also at 11. And that group at 10 um, mentioned Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Ronnie Lott is also at 10. Okay, that's a good um, one, yeah. Also, um, also, part of that group at 10 is someone you mentioned in Lawrence Taylor. Okay. I also would have guessed like Warren Sapp, but I don't know how many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, many. he's not on this list, Cal. Okay. <laughs> but okay, I'm going to get like four or five. I, mean, honestly, I knew that was going to be a little bit difficult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but I liked it though. It, it, it got the juices flowing mm-hmm. a little bit. My, my brain is alive after my 7.30 a.m. class. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So there's all your top, top 15 or the players that have made at least 12 Pro Bowls. So for all you listening, you can go test your friends. You can go quiz them on this now before the Pro Bowl takes place. So it's Tom Brady at 15. The group at 14 is Tony Gonzalez, Peyton Manning, Bruce Matthews, Merlin Olsen. The group at 13 is Drew Brees, Jerry Rice, Reggie White. Uh, those are, That's the group at 13. And the group at 12 is Randall McDaniel. Will Shields, Junior Seau, Jim Otto, Ray Lewis, Ken Houston, Champ Bailey. Yeah, and we full list. 
when you test your friends, hopefully they do better than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I only got five. All right. I'll, honestly, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a good batting average, Kyle. 333. Yeah, it could be worse. <laughs> Mike, Mike Trout kind of numbers. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here on Down the Line. For Kyle and Brevin, we thank you for listening to this week's episode. Next week, we're going to talk more Olympics. We're going to talk, give you our Super Bowl picks. We are going to have a guest come on our show. We're going to talk NBA All-Star Game as well. And that guest will go head-to-head against me in our trivia segment next week. Um, subject is pending based on Kyle's decision. Um, but that will be all next week. We're going to talk some more Winter Olympics as... We enter the first week of Olympic action as well. So that's going to do it for us here on Down the Line. I'm Brevin Honda for Kyle. Uh, I'm Brevin Honda as well as Kyle Betts. We thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope you tune in next week to Down the Line.